So good morning. Um, my name is Joey Borders, like Mark said, and as you noticed, uh, I'm part of the worship team here at North Hills. I play guitar and I sing, and sometimes they give me the microphone and just let me talk. So that's what I'm going to do today. Um, if you've been here over the past few weeks, uh, I think you may have noticed we've had some really great speakers coming in and out, and uh, they set the bar about here, and I'm going to try to hit that mark, but no promises. <laughs> um, and I also want to extend a special welcome to Seth. I don't see Stacy right here, but she's here as well. So uh, it's always great. I mean, it's awesome to see you guys back here. Um, I, wasn't, I wasn't quite expecting to speak in front of our former pastor, but uh, I'm not sure if it's terrifying or uh, exciting or a little bit of both. Who knows? We'll just run with it. Uh, but the tables have turned, Seth, so it's your turn to sit, and I guess I'll talk. <laughs> so, uh, as many of you know, and if you don't, uh, I'll, I'll inform you, we're currently working through a transition period here at uh, North Hills as we search for our next leader, our next pastor. And I think uh, a lot of us are a little stressed. Uh, we think it's a little hectic, right? It's a, it's a kind of a crazy time to be here. But I think it's also a really exciting time to be here. Um, transitions are scary. Uh, it's forcing us into movement, and uh, whether we're ready for it or not, we have to move. We, we can't remain static. Uh, but these transitions can also be positive, and I think that's what we're hoping for, right? It, it's pushing us in t to look inward, and it's requiring that we trust in what God has in store for us individually and uh, as a collective whole, as a congregation. So again, thanks for inviting me to speak today. It's always an honor and a pleasure to get to share with you guys. So one of the great things about having a variety of speakers coming in and out over the past few months is that we get the opportunity to hear God's message, God's voice through a number of people, a number of perspectives, another, a number of voices. And for me, it's been re-energizing re in some ways. No offense to you, Seth, um, but it, it has been. It's, been. it's been interesting to see different speakers come in and see what's on their hearts. And if you've been really observant, you may have noticed that there's been a theme, an underlying theme in a, the past few messages specifically. And so I wanted to pay a tribute to what we used to do when we had sermon series here. Uh, I wanted to kind of get some consistency going, and I wanted to try to tie in some things that you may have missed, you may not have missed, but I, I want to continue the conversation. Uh, so I'm going to set the stage for today by talking about a few messages that we had over the past month. So if you could go to the next slide. So um, a few weeks ago, John spoke to us about the importance of waiting on God's timing. And although we may want things now, which we oftentimes do, we learn that God isn't working on our time schedule. But it's through this waiting where we may experience God reshaping our hearts and our minds to be more like his son, Jesus. And so learning this patience teaches us that we're not in control anymore. He's in control. This is our opportunity for us to become more aware that God is in charge. Mark followed the next week, immediately the next week, by talking about putting God first, which is extremely difficult to do, by the way, right? Uh, nobody likes to do that all, uh, all the time. And it's easy to get caught up in our day-to-day -day lives, whether it be with work or with school or sports, um, clubs, activities, you name it. And uh, we, we push and we push and we push to get to the top, and we want to be successful the best that we, the best that we possibly can be. But I think we hit a point where we're simply just tired and exhausted and worn out. And so the question is, how do we get out of this cycle? How, how do we prevent it from happening? You know, getting this burnout once we get to there, the part in which we want to be. So Mark described uh, the importance of identifying ourselves as second and putting God first. 
And this requires, again, that we look to God for our energy, for our motivations, and our perseverance. And this turns our successes into his successes and allows him to work through us rather than the other way around. And this is the most sustainable way, the most successful way to, be, to live. So if you're joining us for the first time today, I, or you missed some of these messages, I encourage you to go back and, and listen to these. I think you'll learn a lot. Hopefully I didn't botch it too much, John. I, I think that's the main, the main point. <laughs> um, you can find them on our Facebook page and or iTunes, wherever you download podcasts. You can get it there. So I encourage you to do that. But we're going to, this is a little interactive this morning, so my question to you is, did you notice, the, do you notice the underlying theme? Do you know what they were talking about? If so, just shout it out. It starts with a T, and trust, that's it. <laughs> you know, I, I, I had Morgan in the crowd ready to scream it. I told her she had to do it if nobody else did. But I think, Bertie, that, that was you. Thank you. Trust, that's right. So uh, I should reiterate, this, this wasn't intended. I, I, this just sort of happened, right? It's funny because, uh, as I mentioned, it, it's funny to see how God's working and, and moving in the church, and I think this is a, a, an important topic for us at this moment. And I was already kind of leaning towards this, so as I sat in the congregation and listened to the past few messages, I just felt led to continue the conversation because it is important for us, especially during this time of transition, and it's always important for us individually. So, with that said, I want to spend some time talking about trust. Good, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I want to spend some time talking about that concept. And there's no question, right, that trust is a huge part of our lives. It's present in almost everything we do, um, whether it's a chance encounter with a stranger or with a friend or in an intimate relationship. It governs pretty much all the interactions that we have with each other. So, for example, let's think about this. How many of us would get into a car with a friend or a loved one or cab driver or bus driver if we didn't trust that that driver knows how to get from point A to point B? They couldn't get us there safely. How about an airplane? That's, even, that's elevating the stakes here even more. Would you get into that tiny, uncomfortable airplane seat for like two hours if you didn't think the pilot could get you to your destination safely? How about walking along the sidewalk or... Uh, running on the, on the street. We're putting some trust into those drivers as they drive by us. This reminds me of an example when I lived with my parents. Um, I used to run a lot I used, and bike a lot, actually. And the beauty of running, at least, is that you can pick up, and you can do it just anywhere you want. Uh, it doesn't require any money or any planning. And so, naturally, I would run around the neighborhood. And you might be shaking your head if you're wondering what neighborhood, if you knew where I lived. So we lived on Route 40 on the east side of Springfield. And so we didn't really have a neighborhood, so I had to do with what I, with a, with what I could. So I would run down Route 40 uh, into Harmony, or South Vienna, and then come back just a few miles. And there's probably about five feet of shoulder, uh, maybe if that. And I would just throw my headphones in, not think about it, and just run. And cars would drive by me going 50, 60 miles an hour, maybe like you know, six or seven feet. I don't know if it's just me being young and dumb, but I didn't think about it then. Thinking about it now, it does sound kind of crazy. But <laughs> long story short, I, I put some trust into those drivers. Um, whether they knew it or not, I was trusting that they wouldn't swerve and hit me. Uh, so <laughs> that's that. We wouldn't do any of these things, honestly, if we didn't trust that other people take their responsibilities uh, seriously. We expect people to follow laws and social norms and to do whatever it is that they're supposed to do. Uh, we trust that other drivers will stay in their lanes, you know, that 
pilots and, and, and conductors and our cab drivers, that they'll be sober and alert, and that people will just generally do their best to fulfill their obligations that they have towards us, at least most of the time that they do. And we hold that same responsibility onto ourselves that we'll fulfill those, uh, those obligations to them. So I hope I've convinced you that it's almost, it's almost everything we do revolves around trust. Our culture, our society depends on this level of like, reciprocity and, and trusting. So I think we have enough experience of this trust concept, but we're at church and it has to get uncomfortable at some point. So uh, what, if, what if I asked you about your willingness to trust God in this way? I think it changes a little bit. The stakes raise, uh, and the truth is, it's different. There's a, there's a level of vulnerability in trust that we don't like to give up so easily. Most of us aren't so keen on giving up completely to someone else um, and depending totally on that person to lead and to guide us in some way. There are probably many reasons why trusting God is difficult for each and every one of you individually, and I'm sure if I went around the room right now, you could all come up with an example, and I promise I'm not going to do that so you don't have to get too uncomfortable. Uh, <laughs> but I think a lot of them boil down to a couple of, few, uh, a couple of core ideas, and I want to talk about those this morning. So why is it difficult to trust God? Um, First and foremost, I think it's, uh, it's that be because God doesn't always make sense to us, right? Um, we want to live in coherent worlds. At least we want to live in a, a coherent um, and explainable environment. That's something that makes sense to us. And this reminds me of the story of Noah when God tells Noah that um, he, he instructs him to build an ark. Um, I, I like to personify these characters. I like to kind of think uh, what they were thinking about, put myself in their shoes. And I often wonder, so God tells Noah, build an ark. Well, what if um, it hadn't rained in a few days or a few months? Uh, or what if the, the, the nearest body of water was maybe 100 miles away? I'm wondering just for a second if, if Noah maybe questioned God and said, well, are you off your rocker? Why am I building a huge ark if you know, there's no water anywhere near? We want life to make sense to us, and at that moment, I'm sure life didn't make sense to Noah. We, we always want to set our own terms, our own timetables, our own conditions, but they are just not always in sync with what God wants, and we have to accept that, right? The second reason why it's difficult is, again, God works on a different timetable than our minds can fathom, can comprehend. But we want what we want, and often we want it now, yeah. <laughs> it's difficult to trust in a plan that requires that we give up all control of the end date. If we don't know when something's going to end, often we don't want to start it. And, I mean, we block our lives into these uh, schedules where we have a start and a finish, and that's because we want to be able to start at the next thing. We always are planning ahead, thinking of the future. I'm thinking in my life specifically, I'm in graduate school currently, and um, I don't know when I'm going to end. And that's, that's kind of scary because, you know, I want to know what I'm going to be doing when I'm 32, 35 years old. And it's, hard, it's just hard to not know what's going to happen. But that's something that's required in trusting God. Another example from the Bible is uh, that God promised Abraham a son from, uh, with his wife Sarah. And it was at least 24 years, so a quarter of a century, that's a long time, before this promise was fulfilled in the manner in which God had intended. And just like you and me, Abraham and Sarah tried to fulfill this promise through their own methods, but they failed. 
And so I, I think we see that time and time again where we try to set God into our own timetable. And John talked about that a lot. The last barrier I want to mention is probably the most difficult uh, to overcome. And that is, in order to trust in God, we must totally surrender our will, our ideas, our desires, and all of our future, and to just literally put them into God's hands. And I think here's where we have that constant internal struggle where we think, I don't want to give up these things. These are mine. I, you know, I hold them near to me. I, I, I'm not ready to, to give up that type of control. And many of us, let's face it, are control freaks. I'm not looking at any of you specifically. <coughs> Morgan. Um, but, <laughs> sorry, I had to throw you under the bus. We, that's my wife, by the way, if you're listening. Uh, we don't want to give away control of any part of our lives. I'm that way as well. It's, it's difficult. It's hard. And so these are these, these th three ideas that if we boil them down, these are the reasons I think most of us would, would talk about if we were asked, why is it hard to trust God? And I think what makes this even more, like exponentially more difficult is if we don't believe that God loves us fully, if we don't believe he really has our best interests and intentions at heart, and that he desires the very, very best for us. Trusting him is going to be extremely difficult if we don't hold those beliefs true. Um, most of us, I think, have the tendency to trust God. I'm not saying that we don't. I think most of us Christians, our default is always to trust in God. But what happens if things get rocky or we're facing a trial? How do we get through that? Some of us might question, well, why is God doing this to me? Why is he putting me in this transition? Does he not love me? What is it about? So it takes a very special relationship to allow this level of, of submit. Of su submission, and surrender. And so I want to talk a little bit more about that. So the Word of God lets us know that we need to learn to wait on Him and to trust Him. But at times, this isn't the most desirable thing to do. It's not the easiest thing to do, certainly, um, because waiting involves trusting. So this morning, I want the take-home message to be these four reasons why we should trust God. So if you go to the next slide, yes. It is this simple. It's that he's conscious, let's see if I remember, he's concerned, he's capable, and he's consistent. So I want to talk about these a, uh, a little more, and we're going to read through some scripture and discuss each of these briefly to remind us of the reasons why we should put our full, complete, unabided trust in God. So the first one is he's conscious. Yes, he's conscious. And this simply means that God is aware. He's aware in our lives. Consciousness is just the state of being awake and aware of something or, or someone. In Matthew 6, um, verse 8, and I'll have all the, uh, the scripture up here, but if you want to join me, uh, you're more than welcome to uh, find it in your Bibles as well. Uh, but in this verse, Jesus says, Do not be like them, and he's referring to the Gentiles, for your Father knows what you need before you even ask him. Basically, Jesus has just condemned the lengthy prayers of the Gentiles, and in this verse, he's stating that these, these types of prayers are unnecessary. You don't need them. In other words, God knows the things that we need even before we ask him. And while I, I think there are a number of interpretations here, I don't think God, or Jesus is saying that, um, let me get this right, that Jesus is saying we don't need the prayers. 
rather, God is, doesn't need our prayers. We so desperately need them. And I don't want to get too far in, in down that, that road, but I, I think we do have an all-knowing God. And that's the first reason why we should trust him, because God knows us intimately. He already knows everything about us. So that's the first core idea, is that God is conscious, he's aware, he knows us. Second is that he's concerned. So moving on, not only does he know us and he's aware, he cares about us. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7 uh, says uh, to cast, which just means to throw, uh, your cares, your anxieties, uh, and your worries on him. Why? Because, because he cares about you. I, I, there are many verses that say something akin to this, but I love this one uh, specifically because it, it's so explicit. Uh, it's directing us to take all of our cares, our worries, our anxieties, anything that's on our heart, our burdens, to ball them up and to just, just throw them to God. Throw them onto the Lord. But why? Because he cares, right? He cares about us. And whatever concerns you uh, concerns him. So whenever we're faced with problems or issues or obstacles, situations that seem insurmountable to us, to our little minds, um, we're, we're asked to just throw them onto him because he can handle them. Which leads to the third idea, and that is he's capable. Paul closes his prayer uh, with, uh, for the Ephesians, and this is in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, by saying the following. He says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. In other words, this is saying that God is able to do far more than we would ever dare to ask or even dream of infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, and our hopes. And I'm sure we could think of some pretty big dreams. We could set our our goals and our hopes really high, and we could test God. Um, But I think God is saying that you can think of the greatest thing you could think I could do in your life, and I could beat that. I could top it. Why? Because he's able to do immeasurably more than we could think of. Nothing's too hard for God. I sometimes think we put limits. We, We sort of transfer our worldly limits onto God, and we think that he's not capable but I think, but he is, and he's told us this explicitly. Nothing's too hard for him. He is a capable father. Moving on, just to recap, so we know that God is aware. He's conscious in our lives. He is uh, concerned about us. He loves us fully and deeply, and that he's capable of helping us, and he is there for us. So this last one is he's consistent. Um, this last one might be the most often forgotten, and this means that He's faithful, and we can also count on him and trust him to do exactly what he says all the time. 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 1, verse 9, has Paul saying, God is faithful, who has called you into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. So even when we are unfaithful, even when we turn our back um, and our, our walk leads us away from God, he is remaining there waiting for us because he loves us. He is faithful to us. So with that said, we have he's conscious, he's concerned, he's capable, he's consistent. So if I were to ask you again, what does it look like to trust God completely? Um, How would you respond? And and with this in mind, with this mindset, these ideas, um, because we're all working through personal events, 
whether it pertains to our health, our relationships, our careers, or whatever, sometimes all the above, life is crazy. Sometimes we have to work through a lot of things at once. And we're all working through a congregational issue, a church issue together as we search for our next pastor here. So what if, then, if we understood that God is present, he sees our problems, and he's waiting for us to return, to come to him with those problems? And what if we acted like our God had our best interests at heart all the time, and that he desires the very, very best for each and every one of us? What if we were confident, right, that um, he was that he is all-powerful and he is in control. And what if we knew he was completely capable and he was consistently there all the time? Well, I think if we bought into these core beliefs and we allowed them to guide our thoughts, our prayer, our hearts, our actions, um, I think our lives would change completely. Um, and first, I think the, the main reason why this is is because it would make trusting God so much easier if we held these beliefs true. This would allow us to give up some of that control we so desperately cling on to all the time. But in doing that, we're unloading some of these burdens. You know, in return, we are unloading these burdens, our worries and our concerns. And honestly, I mean, that, that does sound kind of refreshing. It's like a weight off your shoulder, right? We put God first in our lives because we want him first, because he is conscious, he is concerned about us, and he is capable and consistent. And this level of confidence, I think, is infectious. If, if we were to walk around all the time knowing these things and we really held them at like the forefront of our mind, if we walked around with this mindset, I think we would be very confident people. We'd be very confident Christians. Um, and that level of confidence is infectious to people. This reminds me of the story in Daniel uh, chapter 3, ver- uh, verse 16. You could skip to the next slide. Yeah, uh, this reminds me of the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And I really like this story for a few reasons. But at this moment where this verse comes in, King Nebuchadnezzar has all but uh, sentenced them to death. So that they, they, uh, anyone who doesn't worship these idols in him will be thrown into the blazing furnace. And all they have to do is just say, you know, forfeit their God and submit to the king and, and his idols. But this is what they say to him. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego say to King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we're thrown into the blazing furnace, the God that we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. So you could just end it there, and that's enough. I mean, that takes some guts to say that if you're facing death and to say, no, I'm not going to do what you're saying. I believe in my God. My God is capable. He cares about me. He knows me. He can get me out of this. But they don't end it there, as you know, and you can probably see. They continue, and I love this verse. It's, they say, but even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold that you have set up. This is so sassy. Like, it's just a, like, this is so unnecessary. Like, but it, it's so great because he's saying, even if we do die, like, even if we, like, this is certain death, we're still not going to do it. It's not worth it to us. And I, I just think, I, I think we want to be like that as a church, as individuals. We want to, to have that, that firm foundation, those beliefs that our God is, um, is conscious. He knows us. He's aware. He's concerned. He's completely capable of doing these things, and he's consistently there. So we want to be individuals in, in, tr- in a church that trusts that God will provide. 
And we want to have that, space, that special relationship, that intimacy to allow that surrender and that submission to God. But I think we can continue to remind ourselves each day that he is conscious and he is alive and, and that he fully loves us, he's concerned, and he's capable, and he's there all the time. And I think this is especially, especially important as we continue our walk together um, through this transition period. So, with that said, if, if you've been relying on yourself as well as others and, and not depending on the Lord to meet those needs for you, I, I ask you today and I ask us collectively today as a congregation to trust in him completely. And we can see how this trust, this mindset that we can put, in, put on, how it shapes our hearts and our minds together. And again, this involves waiting on God's timing and putting him first and submitting and becoming second, getting our energy from him and being a tool in his toolkit to do his will, whatever that is. So that's my prayer today. and That's my message today is just that we can be a church um, that recognizes that God, and I'm going to have you say it, is conscious, concerned, capable, and consistent. Yes and that we can allow that mindset to take over our lives, and we can be a church that grows together, that supports each other, and that ultimately we just trust in God together to get us through this transition period and take us to that next step. So if you'll pray with me, we'll close. Father, um, thank you for today. Uh, thank you for uh, just allowing us to worship you and honor you and come to you in the name of your Son. Lord, just watch over this church um, as, as we're working through this transition period. We know things are stressful. And we think things are difficult, but we know you are good and that you, you have a plan. Help us wake up each day and to put these four tenets, these beliefs, in the front of our mind that, that you are conscious, you are aware of us. You know that we're there. You know us intimately and that you are concerned about us, you care about what we care about, and you are completely capable to handle the things that we think may be insurmountable to us. And lastly, that you are consistent. You're always there. You're faithful to us. You have a promise to us. I just pray that we continue to allow those beliefs to, to uh, shape our hearts and our minds so that we're focused on you and, and doing your will. Give us the, the, um, the wisdom to know what that will is each and every day, individually and collectively as a congregation. Um, and give us the courage to act every day on it and to do it um, as best as we know how. Lord, thank you uh, for just bringing us here together, for giving me the opportunity to share these thoughts today and be with us as we go throughout the week. In your son's name we pray, amen.